Gospel of Mark, we see the exciting and action-packed account of how Jesus traveled from place to place to place to place, meeting thousands, and I mean that literally, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people, more than that in his lifetime, bringing the good news of the gospel. So heads up, church. Heads up, everybody who's listening. Let God speak to you and connect with you today, and you connect with him. If you connect today, it'll be evidence of the fact that you're heads up and God can speak to you. Now, what's our topic? That's our series. What's our topic? Well, our topic is entitled, The Two Buckets of Life. The Two Buckets of Life. We're going to get to that in a moment, what that means, the two buckets of life. And as we go along, I just want to remind you that as we read the scripture, God is leading us to see him with our spiritual eyes and to see ourselves, to hear him with our spiritual ears and hear what the word of God says, and to measure our life twice for twice the life. When I say heads up, I don't mean just give a casual glance. I mean to really examine and look at our lives. Measure twice for twice the life. And God only can give us that life. So to connect with God, first of all, we must see ourselves. So take your Bible. You've already taken it. I'm going to take mine now and turn to Matthew chapter 4. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4, and uh, in this chapter, uh, beginning at verse 21, let's see what the Bible tells us about seeing ourselves. Now, this is called a parable. A parable is a comparison. It's an earthy story with a heavenly meaning. And so Jesus is beginning to use parables. This is a brief one, a short one. Not as long and as involved as others in the Gospel of Mark, but it has a meaning to it. It's a story he's telling, an illustration he's using to help us see ourselves and see him. So we're going to begin uh, looking at verses 21 through 23. And this is about seeing ourselves. Verse 21, he said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl? Or a bed. Now he's talking about a personal lamp here, a lamp by which we see how to walk and how to get around. Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. <clears throat> and whatever, excuse me, just a minute. <clears throat> And whatever is concealed, he says, <clears throat> is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So first Christ is telling us that we are to open our eyes, and that lamp that he's speaking of is meant for us to see ourselves and to examine ourselves. You could call this the light of the Holy Spirit, the light of the Word, the light of your conscience, the light of your life. 
But God wants you to use that light <clears throat> to ourselves, examine our lives, because an unexamined life is not worth living. So God wants us to look at ourselves. Now, in the next portion of this passage that we're reading, you'll find the word measure, measure. So first there's the lamp, and now there's talk from God about the measure. Look at verses 24 and 25. Remember, this is a parable, an illustration, a comparison that God wants us to use to look at our lives. So beginning at verse 24. Consider carefully what you hear. Now he had just told us to hear him and what he wants us to know. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now I want to let that sink in for a moment. Jesus said, with the measure you use, he means the way you live your life the way you think, the way you talk, the way you react, your relationships, the way you respond, the way you consider yourself and your place in the world. With the measure you use to live your life, it will be measured to you. Isn't that interesting? The measure we use, God will use to measure us and to measure out things to us. And notice what he says, and even more. And even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken away from them. Now God's saying something very important here. God's saying when we consider our lives, we look at our lives, we look to God, we ask God to measure out to us what He wants us to have, we receive even more as our life goes by. But if we're careless, casual, not really considering our lives, not really examining ourselves, not really looking to God for purpose, direction, and meaning, then even the things that we have will eventually be lost. And the things we could have had, the things we should have had if we'd been listening to God, we'll lose them. And they'll affect the people around us, our marriage, our family, our work, our very lives themselves. So this little saying, this little parable, this little illustration is loaded with direct message to the individual and to the church as well. Now what does he mean by this word measure? Going back to that little phrase again, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now what is he talking about? Well, this is where the bucket comes in. The measuring bucket. In the days of Christ, the businessmen used a measuring basket or a box or a bucket for grain. And there were many honest businessmen, but there were some dishonest businessmen. And they used two buckets when they did their business with the people who came in to either sell them grain or to buy grain. It was supposed to be a, a bushel basket or bucket, but when someone came in to sell uh, them grain, or let me take that back, when they sold grain, uh, they used the smaller bucket 
It's supposed to be a bushel, but it wasn't. So they measured out what the person thought they were getting, which was a bushel, but it wasn't. It was less than a bushel because they used a measuring bucket that looked like a bushel but was smaller. But when they bought grain, they used the full-size bushel bucket. You see the point? What are they doing? They're cheating to make money. They cheat their customer, and by doing this, they're using measures in the wrong way. Now, how do you think God looks at that? In the book of Proverbs, we're told the Lord detests differing weights and differing measures. As a matter of fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 25, God gives us a very strong warning against using unjust measures as we measure out our life and deal with people. Listen to this. Do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy and one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large and one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long. Now that sounds pretty powerful. If you want to live long, then be honest in the way you measure yourself, the way you measure your relationship with other people. That you may live long in the land and the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does those things, anyone who deals dishonestly. Now, do we get the point about the, about the measures? God says the way you measure your life ought to be an honest measure, whether it's in business, in dating, in friendship, in marriage, in church, in ministry, in life. Use measures that are honest in the way you live and the way you share your life. So this is what this is all about, the measure that we use in our life to live. Now I want to give you right now one of the most exciting principles in the Bible regarding the measure. In your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 6 with me, all right? Luke chapter 6. Some of you may know this passage. It's been quoted many times by various people at various times and places. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, we have a promise from God about God's measuring style, how God blesses us through the way he measures out abundant life. Look at it. How exciting is this? Listen, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, doesn't that fortify what Jesus just taught in that little parable? He is saying God will measure out to you what you measure out to others, but God's desire, God's purpose and plan is that you give and it will be given to you. What you measure out, God will give to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured up your apron, so to speak. I'll fill up your arms. You can press it down and shake it around and make room for even more, and I'll give it to you. I'll bless you. I'll press it down some more. I'll shake it around. I'll shake it down because I want to give to you. But he said, remember, give, and it will be given to you. That's the measuring rod. 
give, and I will give to you. That's how we measure our life. By the way, our Lord God, the great and mighty God, knows how to measure. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Let's just look at the world we live in. Isaiah chapter 40. And let's see how God uses the measuring bucket, how God measures things concerning the world that you and I live in, not only the personal side, but the universal side. Isaiah chapter 40, look at verse 12. You're going to see right away the word measure. Look at verse 12. So here Isaiah is bringing the greatness, the immenseness, immenseness of God himself. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Let's think of the Atlantic Ocean. Picture God with the Atlantic Ocean in his hand. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? God waved and made the boundaries of the heavens. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales? and the hill, hills in the balance. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord at his counsel, as his counselor? Anybody here can do that? Can you counsel God? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? Who taught him the right way? <clears throat> Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Look down at verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. By the way, there's a prophetic thought right there. Long, 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 long ago, when Isaiah wrote, he wrote about the globe, the circle of the earth, the globe described in the Bible. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like what? Grasshoppers. Now, what's that a picture of? Hopping around, little things bumping into each other, jump, 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 going places, doing things, grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out on, like a tent to live in. Look at verse 25. Whom will you compare, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all this? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them forth each by its name. Astronomers know the galaxies, but God knows the name of every star. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Verse 28, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired. Now I'm coming to a great part in this for you personally. Listen up. He will not grow weary, tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. And they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
Wow, what a story. All because of the measuring power of God to measure out the universe, to measure out the heavens, to measure the oceans, and then to give you the very measure of strength and stability and perseverance you need so you won't faint, so you won't be overcome by life, so you won't be knocked down and dragged about by the devil, the world, or the flesh, or anyone else. God gives you that power. He knows how to measure, and He knows how to help you build a life. He knows how to help you build a life. Look in Matthew chapter 7. Turn there with me. Matthew chapter 7. Here Jesus spoke about people who build their homes and the foundation they need to build a life that really lasts. Matthew chapter 7. And look there with me at verse 24. Here again Christ is speaking. Matthew 7, 24. Again, this is about measuring and building. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, there's the key. Anyone who hears this and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on what? The rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, in other words, you have to put what God says into use. If anyone does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. How many millions of people right this very day are building their life, their house on sand? Troubles come. And because of their sinful nature and refusal to repent and come to God and confess Him as the Savior and receive the righteous power of God, everything caves in. It could be from any source. Financial problems. Relational problems. Personal problems. Career problems. Living problems. It begins to cave in because it's built on the sand. But as a Christian... God wants us to measure our life and measure our life's building. I've told you this before when I was a pastor in Fort Lauderdale. I had a great friend, Sally and I, both him and his wife. He was a master carpenter. And he was a chairman of the deacons in our church. And I learned a great lesson from him about life from his uh, building skills. And he said, Chuck, you have to remember that if you're going to build a life, there's so many things that have to be joined, that have to come together. Corners, tops, floors, windows in your life, doors in your life, that solid foundation to walk in your life. Maybe speaking as a carpenter who had built many houses, built many doors, framed many windows, Help put the ceiling and all those things in that house. And here's the advice he gave me. He said, Pastor, I want you to use my saying that I use every single day of my life. Measure twice, saw once. 
Wow. Say that with me. Measure twice, saw once. That's what God wants us to do. When we are measuring our lives, measuring our relationships, measuring what we're going to do, measure twice and saw once. This is God's formula. It's more than a formula. It's a way of life. And God wants us to use it to build a life. Measure twice, saw once. And God will bless your life. So let me ask you now at the conclusion of my message. What do you need to see by the lamp God's giving you? What do you need to look at in your life to review, to change? Maybe it's a sin to repent of. Maybe it's a blessing from God to take. Maybe it's a way you can give and serve God in a much greater and more powerful way in your life. Maybe it's a way you need to treat your wife, the way you need to treat and show respect and love to your husband. Maybe it's the way you need to come close to your children, to come alongside them and give them greater guidance and discipline and love in that relationship. Maybe it's something in your very mind, something in your mind that's not exactly clear or right, things that trouble you, that bring you fear. You're fearful. You're full of anxiety. Because for some reason, you've not let the light of God shine in on that dark part of you and bring the illumination and clarity of repentance and renewal and rest and peace with God to build and measure a better and a greater life. It just might be that you need to see your life because something is missing in it. There's a piece, a very important piece of the way you live your life, it's missing. It could be an emotional piece. It could be something in your makeup. Something's missing. Part of your character or lack of it. It could be something to do with the way you view life. The way you understand your role and purpose in life. That piece is missing. My grandson Logan gave Sally, my wife, a 300-piece puzzle. And it was a difficult puzzle because a lot of it was the same color. It was a picture of a a chalet up in the mountains against the backdrop of the mountains. And there were two people standing in front looking up at the mountains. And there was light, light, golden light all around. It was that golden light. There was so much of it that made that puzzle hard to put together. Of course, I know my wife. I knew that when she started it, she was not going to give up. And she didn't. However, when it was all said, looking and looking and looking and looking and looking, couldn't find it. Where is it? Maybe they didn't put it in the box. So about an hour later, we were sitting in the living room and I heard, oh, here it is, under the chair. So she took it and put it right there in its place where it belonged. And it was finished and complete. If you have an incomplete piece of your life, it's because there's a piece of the puzzle missing. God wants to give you that puzzle piece. He wants to measure your life so it's full and complete. What is it that you need to bring to God? 
What is it you need to bring to him and say, Father, measure this anew for me. Let me measure myself in your plan, in your purpose, in your power. Let me be measured by the Holy Spirit to have power, not to faint, but power to live a new and better and stronger life. That's Jesus Christ. I remind you, he's the one who said, I'll give it over to you, pressed down and shaken together. I'll give you what you need, Luke 6, 38. You might want to jot down that reference and memorize it for the rest of your life to carry around the power and the goodness of God. So, God's word, Luke 6, 38. Luke 6, 38. See, hear, and act, and God will give you the power that you need. Well, my dear friend, if you live by faith and trust in the Lord, and if you make certain you get rid of those two buckets, right? Get rid of those two buckets. Only have one. Just one. Give and receive. Give and receive. And that's my prayer for you today. I would like for you to pray for me for that, would you? Remember me in your prayers, in Sally. The giving and the receiving. The living and the loving. The growing and the development. But I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow with me? Dear Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this tremendous truth that tells us to get rid of the two buckets, but to be transparent and honest and to allow you to measure out to us all the good things that you want us to have and also to give them away to others as well. Lord, help us to be not only receivers, but givers and live a life of giving and receiving. Lord, help us to learn this wonderful truth, to look at ourselves honestly by the light of your word, and then to know that you're our provider. You measure out the things we need, the things we love, the things we want as we follow you. And I pray, Father, for every individual in this room that today will be a day when they claim the promise, Lord, of Luke 6, 38 to be filled, full, and running over and to believe it for every day of their life. Father, help any of us here who have not become a Christian to pray right now. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for forgiving them through the cross. I receive your atoning work. Save me and cleanse me and empower me to live for you. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. And may God bless the word today and multiply it in our lives. I want to thank those of you who are watching by Facebook or other means for being with us today. And may God bless you as you receive the message. And we'd like to ask you to send it on down the line to someone else. Let them hear the good news of the gospel. And thank you for being with us.